Is this a new normal? That's a word, isn't it? It's been banded around quite a bit over this last year, the new normal. Restrictions have started to lift. I need to move this way. There we go. Restrictions have started to lift. No, things are still far from being normal. It's not the way that it, it used to be. Uh, and we might never return back to the way that things used to be. We hear that on the news. The potential restrictions that could go into months uh, and years. A friend was saying just the other week, I long for the old normal because the new normal, whenever that takes hold and whatever that might be, I'm worried about. And I fully understand, and you can perhaps relate to that sentiment, the idea of being socially distant, of having masks in months and years to come, is not a prospect that we welcome with joy. We have this longing. They're looking back to the way that things used to be. We like that old normal. And no doubt feelings were quite similar on that first Easter. As those two disciples, as they walked that road to Emmaus, their hearts were heavy, they were downcast. Now in verse 21, it tells us that they, they had hoped, they had hoped that Jesus was the one who was going to redeem, who was going to rescue Israel. That's what they had hoped, but now since then, are the religious leaders of Israel had handed Jesus over to be crucified. Several days earlier, they'd been full of hope and full of anticipation. And now they're left with a crucified Messiah. That is their new normal. It's not a new normal that they wanted. It's not a new normal that they welcomely embraced. And they look back longingly. They walk that road to Emmaus with heavy hearts. Their hope seemed to have vanished because their hope was was tied to something in the past. And now that dream was gone, it was shattered. And yet as they walk that road to Emmaus, hope himself walks with them. The risen Jesus walks with them. And yet they fail to recognize him. But that is where Jesus meets them. These people in their despondency, in their despair, in their perplexity. Now we may well have apprehensions about what tomorrow is going to bring. What this new normal is going to look like. Our lives have been shaken. And we can feel somewhat insecure. We can look longingly back in the past, that nostalgia-filled past. And yet the message of Easter, of Easter Sunday, declares to us that hope is not to be found in our past. Hope is found now because Jesus is risen from the dead. And so in the next 10 minutes or so uh, that we have looking through these passages in Luke, we're going to consider how the resurrection of Jesus invites us not to, to look back longingly, about how we can look forward expectantly. Now, the outworking of that first Easter we read in verse 52 is joy. A great joy, and yet it begins with disillusionment and bewilderment. So very early in the morning, that first Easter Sunday, the women come to the tomb. They've come to finish preparing Jesus' body, anointing it. So their preparations on the day of Jesus' death, they got cut short because of the Sabbath regulations. But now they've come very early in the morning. They go to the tomb and what do they see? Verse 2. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. 
As the women are there in the tomb, as they're wondering, I don't think it's this sort of peaceful contemplation. Uh, The word is also translated elsewhere as perplexed. And this isn't the kind of perplexity you get when you're doing a tricky Sudoku puzzle or you're watching a Christopher Nolan film. Now, this is a perplexity where you just, you have no idea what is going on. You're at a complete loss. The world of these women has been turned upside down more than once in the last few days, going from the joyful arrival of Jesus in Jerusalem on that donkey to his crucifixion, the burial of his body, and now the disappearance of his body. You can imagine they are completely disorientated. And the disciples who are on the road, they experience much the same. If you see in verse 14, it says they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And they described themselves as being amazed at the women's report, verse 22. Again, the context of the passage here reveals this isn't a joyful amazement. Because in verse 17, their faces are downcast. They just can't make sense of the situation. The world the disciples knew, the world that they thought they were facing now, just doesn't make sense. Everything is up in the air. And perhaps that expresses something of what what you feel at this point in time. Now, what you thought was going to be the case isn't the case. Things are changing constantly. The hopes and fears, caught up in this whirlwind of uncertainty. And yet in both those instances in Scripture, words are given to reorientate the disciples. And words that will reorientate us. Verse 6, the angels say to the women, remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered to the hands of sinners to be crucified and on the third day be raised again. And similarly, you'll see verse 25. Jesus says to the disciples on the road, how foolish you are and slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? To the disciples, everything seemed all over the place. Nothing made sense. And yet what was happening made perfect sense in the light of God's foreordained purpose. These things had to happen. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, crucified, and on the third day erased again. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? As we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus today, the resurrection is not some happy surprise following a great tragedy. The resurrection is not snatching victory from the jaws of defeat. The resurrection is not God turning around a bad situation. The resurrection is God bringing to fulfillment his good and his perfect purpose. And at every moment, every step along the way, God was in control. These words that are given to reorientate the disciples, to reorientate us. Every step, even in those moments where it seemed like everything was up in the air, God was in control. This is the God who works everything according to his good purpose. Now, even wicked and evil plans, he works it according to his good purpose. The first step of reorientation for the disciples, of reorientation for us. 
See, though it may feel like it at times, and perhaps less so on a glorious day like this, but over these months, at times where it feels like the world is spinning wildly out of control, it's not. History is heading somewhere. And where it is heading has been marked by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The resurrection of Jesus Christ gives the direction, it gives the destination to where history is heading. The world is not spinning wildly out of control. God is turning the world to the dawn of a new day. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it shows us and it secures for us that day. What is that day? Well, those disciples, they rush back to Jerusalem. They find the disciples that are gathered there and they start talking about what they've seen, what they've heard. And suddenly Jesus appears to them and they are absolutely terrified. They think a ghost has appeared in their midst. And you can understand that this does not normally happen. Jesus just suddenly appears there. One of the gospel writers in another gospel tells us that the doors were locked. They were bolted. They're standing there having this discussion and suddenly Jesus appears in the midst of them. So their logical conclusion is this is some sort of ghost that has appeared. They are terrified. But Jesus lovingly shows them, verse 39, he is not a ghost. Look, he invites them, look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. Then Jesus takes a fish, he eats it in their presence. Now, he's not a ghost, but neither is he exactly the same as he was before. He's just appeared out of thin air in front of them. So this isn't a return to the old normal. This is something new. And Jesus goes on to explain in verse 44. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So everything must be fulfilled about Jesus that is written in the scriptures. And the scriptures now that testify to us of God's plan, God's purpose of turning the world to the dawn of this new day. And we're told that God created the world. It was good. It was full of potential. Humanity, us, we were created in the image of God to govern this world according to God's good rule. And yet we embrace this lie. We still embrace this lie that God is against us. That he's out to cause us harm. That we need to resist him. That we need to rebel. And so we rebel. We rebel. We turn against the author of all goodness. The author of life. We rebelled in the name of freedom. We became enslaved to corruption and death. The wages of sin is death. And yet even at the very beginning... Still in the midst of the heat of that rebellion, God promises a rescue. He will bring about a rescue. Uh, His Messiah, the chosen one. The one who's come to rescue 
and saved. And Jesus taught that that rescue was him. Jesus taught, and the scriptures testifies, Jesus says here, that he must suffer and he must die. Suffer and die because the evil, the rebellion against God's goodness, the result of which is evil, it's not just out there in the world, it's in here, within our own hearts. And God has not treated us as our sins deserve in his mercy, but he has borne that cost within himself, absorbing our sin within himself. So Jesus paid the price for our rebellion. There on the cross, as he must suffer and he must die to put to death the corruption of our hearts. And yet scripture also tells, Jesus taught his disciples that he had to rise from the dead. He had to rise from the dead to bring God's plan to fulfillment because God's plan was not simply a return back to the old normal, not back to a world of potential. See, time and time again in Scripture, we see God giving this opportunity to humanity, a reset button, so to speak, an opportunity to go back to that place of potential. And what happens again is that we resist and we rebel and we mess up again and again and again. God's plan is not just a return back to potential where death and destruction and sin and corruption still lie ahead. But God's plan and God's purpose as revealed in his Messiah, Jesus Christ, is something new. Not a return to potential, but a press on to perfection. This new life, this new normal, a more glorious normal, that one day those who are in Christ, God's people, may share in that same resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, a physical, an embodied existence. But to enjoy the goodness of God, not one where, where death and corruption and sin and destruction lie ahead as potential threats, but they are behind. They are done. Never to be experienced, never to be remembered anymore. Jesus' resurrection has opened up a new way. And this new day is dawning, a day of the perfect rule and reign of God. One without darkness, one without evil, without suffering, without sorrow, without death. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. Repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. As we celebrate Jesus' resurrection Today on this Easter Sunday, we are not there yet. And Jesus has been risen. We have not yet been risen. We have not yet been resurrected. That new day is still dawning. Because now we're told, now is the time for repentance and forgiveness to be preached in Jesus' name. The world is not spinning wildly out of control. It is serving God's purposes, even this pandemic. Is serving God's purposes, God's purposes of repentance and forgiveness. As this world has been turned to the dawn of a new day, God is turning hearts towards himself, that people may share in that life, that they may become his people. This is not a world that is spinning wildly out of control. God is calling us in to enter into, into that new life with him. 
Now, so today, if you're listening to this, and this is the first time that you've heard this message, if you sense that God is calling you, He is drawing you to Him to share in this new life that is in Christ Jesus, to receive that forgiveness through repentance, then don't ignore it. Don't put it off. That is the purpose of this time now, this time of preparation. Now, we may not know what tomorrow brings, but we can know what tomorrow is achieving. This world is not spinning wildly out of control. It is serving God's purposes. God's purposes of that new and that certain future. You see, the resurrection of Jesus Christ has made clear where history is heading. The direction of history, the destination of history is certain. It is secure. There is one thing that is certain in life, and that's Jesus will return one day, and there will be a resurrection of the dead. See, even death itself is no longer certain because when Jesus arrives, those who are still alive, we're told in Scripture, are going to be transformed in the twinkling of an eye. The resurrection of Jesus has made certain what lies ahead through the resurrection of Jesus. The future is brought into view. And in it, we see that a new day is dawning. There is a new, there is a better, there is a more glorious normal. And that Easter Sunday declares to us that new normal that is in Christ. It is a new and glorious normal, one where death and sorrow and suffering lie behind, never to be experienced or remembered no more. That new normal, it is seen and it is secured in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your great mercy and your love towards us. Father, even though we have turned, and we still turn away from you, or deceived, disobedient, and yet you in your love have reached out to us. So love the world that you gave your one and only Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that we may experience eternal life, a renewed relationship with you now, that forgiveness of sins. And the security, that certain hope of that future resurrection. Lord, we praise you that we have a hope. That there is a new normal. A new normal that doesn't evoke worry, but one that evokes worship. And we pray that we would truly see and that we would worship you. Lord, in accordance with your greatness, in accordance with the greatness of your work in Jesus Christ. The one who is raised from the dead. Who is seated at your right hand. And now who is working to bring all things under his feet, his good rule. Lord, may we be be those uh, who live in the light of Jesus' resurrection, we pray. Amen.